Hello, and welcome to the DebtWire Middle Market Podcast. I'm Giovanna Azevedo, the restructuring and distressed debt reporter for DebtWire Middle Market. Today, we're joined by Ava Shank, co-founder and CEO of Legalist, originally a litigation finance firm, which expanded into debtor and possession financing for smaller camp companies in the wake of COVID-19 related distress. A Harvard dropout, Ava co-founded Legalist at the age of 20 and has led the company through its funding rounds. We're going to discuss Legalist's entrance to bankruptcy finance amid COVID-19 and where the fund is seeing pockets of distress in a period of slowdown restructuring activity and ample market liquidity. Hi, Ava. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Uh, Doing well, thank you. So to start us out, could you just please talk a little bit about Legalist's philosophy and why you decided to expand into bankruptcy financing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So some background on myself. Uh, I'm one of the founders of the firm. And uh, I started the company in 2016 as an undergrad at Harvard. Uh, dropped out of Harvard to take the company through Y Combinator, which is a Silicon Valley startup accelerator program, and how I ended up on the West Coast. Uh, and, you know, the initial technology that Legalist developed at Y Combinator and the technology that we still use today across our strategies uh, is a technology that crawls public court dockets, state, federal, bankruptcy, aggregates that information, parses it, and uses it to find investment opportunities at volume. Uh, The at volume part is very important because in a lot of niche assets like dip financing, like litigation financing, smaller cap companies or companies with smaller claims uh, have trouble getting access to financing, especially because many of the existing players in the market were focused on opportunities that required uh, millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars in order for them to deploy their capital. So uh, Legalist raised our first fund uh, in 2017, our second fund in 2019, and in 2020, when the COVID crisis hit, we realized that there was an opportunity to expand our offerings beyond litigation finance, um, given the uh, distress in the market, to another adjacent legal asset, which is dip financing. And especially for many of these smaller cap debtors who have dip financing requirements between $1 million and $10 million, traditional distressed firms, even the ones who had raised uh, large amounts of capital uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, were not really equipped to help them deal with their issues. And by contrast, because we have honed this volume play, um, we were able to identify these mid-market debtors and step in as a source of dip financing for them. So um, that's really how uh, Legalist, who was traditionally a a litigation funder, ended up with um, a dip financing offering that has been really successful for us and I think has been really valuable for a lot of the debtors that we've invested with. Great. So speaking of dip financing, in the height of the pandemic, we saw an uptick in bankruptcy filings. There was a lot of chatter surrounding this possible upcoming restructuring wave. But right now we're in a place with a lot of liquidity in the market and there has been a slowdown in restructuring activity in general. But based on what you are seeing, is this true for the middle market or and for smaller companies as well who tend to have less access to the capital markets? I think that what you'll see is that uh 
Main Street has been hit really differently from Wall Street. And even in times of uh, good markets, there's a certain base level of bankruptcies that exist every single year, thousands and thousands of Chapter 11 bankruptcies. And in uh, the beginning of COVID, you saw a wave of large retail bankruptcies that tended to be in the headlines and things that people have heard of. And uh, as the stimulus packages came through, those became uh, fewer and farther in between. But the fact of the matter remains that um, COVID and the pandemic have hit the financial markets differently than they've hit regular businesses, uh, no matter how many PPP loans that they get. So we have seen um, a lot of interest in our product and in our offerings uh, regardless of the number of retail bankruptcies that make the headlines. Great. And where do you see pockets of distress right now with your clients? Are there any geographies or industries where we should expect to see more distress? Well, so the areas that we focus on um, is a little bit different than the areas that traditional dip lenders focus on. Um, because of the time and expense inherent in traditional dip underwriting, lenders have historically focused on debtors with assets and liabilities in excess of $100 million and financing needs of at least $25 million. Uh, and then Legalist, by contrast, focuses exclusively on lower middle market debtors specializing in the $1 to $10 million range. The types of companies that we see at this range, uh, they tend to have real property or machinery and equipment as their assets. Uh, they tend to be in areas that are non-central. So we're not seeing a lot of New York City, San Francisco. We're seeing bankruptcies in places like Tennessee, like North Carolina. Uh, and in these areas, you know, I'm not sure if they're reflective of the broader market, but they're certainly reflective of a market gap that we are addressing. And in terms of industries, you know, do you see anyone specifically that has seen more distress or is it more, you know, widespread? It's pretty widespread. We've seen a lot of commercial real estate as the collateral uh, in various types of industries. Um, but we've really done um, cases that have run the gamut. You know, we've done a sawmill, uh, we've done dentist offices, um, we've done funeral homes, things along those lines that, that really uh, run the gamut. Great. And you were talking a little bit about, you know, the fact that the smaller companies, they have less access to dip financing and the size typically tends to be over $100 million. But if you could talk a little bit more about that and what are some of the main discrepancies that you see in access to restructuring opportunities in your perspective? And did you see this change over the last year with COVID? So I actually don't think that it this part is as related to COVID as much as it's related to a general gap in the market. So dip financing is obviously a really important resource because it permits a company in Chapter 11 to fund the costs of reorganizing or selling itself as an operating business. And uh, in most cases, the dip financing preserves enterprise value and funds a value additive sale process, which is good for both the creditors as well as the debtors. And you can preserve the value of the company as a going concern. So given that a lot of these smaller companies or mid-market companies that we're working with do not have sophisticated firms on the cap table who can step in uh, both as a pre-petition lender and as a dip lender, 
what they're forced to do is go through a fire sale or they're not able to uh, keep the business open and then they end up having to sell for a lower price. So in our instance, you know, the proceeds from the dip loans are used to supplement their cash flows to often retain restructuring professionals, a CRO, a financial advisor, uh, and then otherwise finance the cost of the bankruptcy to allow them to reach a better outcome. And, you know, in some instances, uh, they do not want dip financing because their only sources of dip financing come from firms that have a loan-to-own strategy. So they might put up the loan, but really what they want is to own the business at the end of the day. So they might put in punitive default provisions or things that make it uh, make the cost of capital prohibitive in ways that the debtor just can't stomach. Uh, whereas legalist, with the need that we're really trying to fill is we just have a pure third-party lending strategy. We're not intending to take over businesses. Uh, we have no nefarious intentions other than just to get paid back when the sale or re reorganization takes place. So I'd say that that's really the gap that we're filling in the market um, for a lot of these smaller companies to pay their professionals to grease the wheels of the bankruptcy so that they can achieve an outcome that they want. So going back into what you were talking about in terms of the gap for these companies, what is the criteria that Legalist has to fund um, a smaller cap company that otherwise would have trouble getting access to debt financing from a more traditional lender? So for us, we're really looking at real asset value. Uh, we are not funding against things like patents um, or anything, any kind of soft collateral that we don't otherwise know how to value. Our focus is really on companies that have significant hard assets, real property, machinery and equipment, inventory. Uh, and then finally, the other main criteria is that they have to have a concrete plan for how to get out of bankruptcy, whether that's through a sale, whether that's through a reorganization. Uh, we want to work with debtors who have all the things in place for a successful outcome, but just need the capital to make it happen. And did you see any change in the demand for dip financing right now versus what it was when you decided to get into this business, when, you know, there was the whole restructuring wave chatter and the whole kind of huge amount of distress in the market? We've actually seen it remain fairly constant. Uh, I think probably the one thing that was a bit surprising for us um, but it makes sense when you actually look at the data is that smaller business bankruptcies are actually probably less cyclical than uh, larger company bankruptcies because in any year, even in the year that the economy is performing the best, there are still smaller companies that go into bankruptcy for reasons outside of the regular economic cycle. So, more of a macro question, with the vaccine rollout and plenty of credit available, we are seeing growing optimism towards a full-on economic recovery. But looking at the middle market specifically, do you see this optimism as sustainable after what happened in the last year, or could this be another bubble to burst? So there are a few conflicting factors here. Uh, on one hand, it does seem like with the vaccine rollout, uh, the economy is, is going to go more or less back to normal. People are going to want to go out and uh, take part in life as they used to know it. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there is the possibility of another wave. Um, 
with the recovery of the economy, lenders are going to be um, calling loans that were previously in default that maybe they wouldn't have called at, while the pandemic was still raging. So it's really hard to say how these conflicting factors are going to interact with each other. Uh, but for us, you know, the pandemic might have been the reason that we looked into this industry at the start. Um, but now I think that the opportunity that we see is a longer term one, regardless of the economic cycle. Yes. And I think you said something that's interesting about, you know, the economy reopening can actually trigger lenders to be, you know, less forgiving and that could actually spike up a little bit of restructuring. Have you seen that at all? Do you expect that at all? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I have heard it across the board from restructuring professionals and bankruptcy attorneys, which is that lenders are holding off on uh, calling defaults right now, but that they intend to as soon as the economy has bounced back. Great. Thank you so much, Ava. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. 